0: Good morning, it's time for Daily Chapel at the LCMS International Center in St. Louis. The text is Joel, chapter 2, verses 12 through 19. The Reverend Sean Denser is preaching. The broadcast of Chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, on this day the Church begins a holy season of prayerful and penitential reflection. Our attention is especially directed to the holy sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. From ancient times, the season of Lent has been kept as a special time of devotion, self-denial, and humble repentance, born of a faithful heart that dwells confidently on His Word and draws from it life and hope. Let us pray that our dear Father in heaven, for the sake of His beloved Son, and in the power of His Holy Spirit, might richly bless this Lenten tide for us, so that we may come to Easter with glad hearts and keep the feast in sincerity and truth." A reading from Joel, the second chapter. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering, and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his chamber and the bride her chamber between the vestibule and the altar let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep and say, spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Fasting and bodily preparation are certainly fine outward training. For what? St. Peter's epistle for today tells us, "Fine training for becoming partakers of the divine nature. This is no doubt why Luther says this phrase for training in his small catechism with reference to the Lord's Supper, where we quite precisely partake of His divine nature, personally united to His body and blood. We are made His partakers, through God's manifold and precious promises. His benefits are ours even now by faith, which is what truly makes us worthy and well-prepared for the sacrament here, but finally for eternal communion with Christ face-to-face at the resurrection. And that's what we have on our minds every single day, right? Well, No, we don't. Jesus says, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this saying rebukes us. He instructs us in fasting, in almsgiving, in prayer, that we are to invest in neither what molders nor what grows wrinkly and flabby, or what ultimately fails, as our time and our bodies and our money all do. These things should be pressed into the service of faith and the gospel that sustains that faith but we outward come to serve the inward, Jesus says. Let discipline serve faith, because discipline as a Christian grows from faith. But we might remember only what Luther goes on to say, fasting and bodily preparation are fine, but perhaps we think he really means, but really they aren't fine. Perhaps we also think Jesus means when you fast, when you pray, when you give alms, don't actually do those things. Do them in secret, he says. Maybe that means do it in theory, or in fiction, or in name only. Repent. And hear the prophet Joel, who says, blow the trumpet. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people together. Consecrate the whole congregation, the elders, assemble them. Gather even the nursing infants. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare your people, O Lord. Return to the Lord with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. What a dramatic and an outward event! Joel calls for. But this is because heart and mouth go together in the Christian faith. Treasure and heart go together also. When Joel spoke this, devastation was about to strike Judah. Wave upon wave of locusts coming to devour everything, and that itself a very powerful symbol of Assyria coming to carry them away. The Lord's judgment is against His own people in Joel's time and in every time against their faithless hearts to say nothing of what they might do with mouth or body. The only hope was to return to that same Lord. Fasting and bodily preparation, yes a solemn period to implore His mercy and not with torn garments only but also with hearts that are rent in repentance. There it is again, faith and outward action together. It is worth asking in our times whether we Christians have become as or worse than faithless Israel. Have we lost all reality, all bodily connection to our Christianity? I do remember something different happened once. It was on September 11 of 2001. In response to that horrific event, we did something different. We had a special church service, not at the scheduled time, not even on a Sunday. We went in and we prayed the litany. We admitted that we deserved God's judgment, even his punishment, and not just individually but maybe even as a whole nation. We were compelled to say such things because at last we recognized that we were not invincible. We were mortal. We could die. That might be the only such day of humiliation and repentance that I actually can remember. Even so, it did not reach the level of what Joel urges today fasting and bodily preparation not after the locusts strike us, but before they even show up. Should it take a disaster or a season to remember that we are dust and will return to dust? Well, on account of our weakness, dear friends, it often does. Ash Wednesday and this season that now follows it are such a call to return to the Lord. And I know that you won't begrudge this dear Christians. You have not come here to protest Lent but to enter it. Your faith is struggling against your unbelief and that is what has brought you this morning. Since that is the case I want you also to hear the epistle from Saint Peter. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ." As part of this effort, do not neglect the fasting and the bodily preparation that our church practices and encourages either. Do not be, as Paul warns, somebody who's playing air guitar as a Christian, somebody who is boxing as one beating at the air. It is because of what we have received internally, by faith, the forgiveness of sins, all of Christ's work, and all of His kingdom. This is why we train outwardly also. It is for the sake of faith and its end that we also discipline our bodies. The reward that we are seeking, as Jesus teaches in the Gospel, is one that is promised by our Father on account of His Son's righteousness. It's not the recognition that comes from our self-expressions. We seek not the world's favor or its call, but we seek the peace which comes only from the blood of God's Son and His divine nature. Worldly approval, just like our bodies and our money and even our disciplines as these, will fail. But our audience, as Jesus teaches, cannot be them for that very reason. God is our audience, always. And who but the church would realize that? Who but us Christians to whom faith has come would remember our weaknesses and call out for mercy before it is too late? Who but the church recognizes that we at all times stand before God, not only before each other, and who but those who are made worthy by faith in Christ in great and precious promises would do this. So our season of corporate discipline and repentance would impress this on us again, dear friends. Believe that we stand before our God at all times. Believe also what sort of God we stand before at all times. One. Who does not reject the broken and contrite heart, one who has redeemed us. We then face, between the vestibule and the altar, the same direction together. You and I beat our breasts and cry out for mercy to the very same Lord. We receive from our Father's hand the very same mercy and promises. Our hearts, that is our faith, torn as they may be, are directed toward the glories of His divine nature where our true treasure is. Our bodies, and every outward possession likewise we wish to direct before him also because we believe that he is for us. Come then, let us return to the Lord our God because he is gracious and merciful slow to anger abounding in steadfast love and he, res- he relents over disaster. His divine power grants to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining us for Chapel. The broadcast of Chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. To learn more about LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces, visit kfuo.org chapel.